Like they they promised they wouldn't, but now they've got this weird retcon thing going on, where it's going to be all about. Yeah, they've got to make it. It's this nine film saga. It's the Skywalker saga, and so all this shit that we just watched is going to be relevant, and it's going to factor into whatever happens at the end. Nah, bollocks. Hello and welcome to the Oncast. My name is Dom. As one half of the Oncast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Yes. So we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots, and we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to discuss our thoughts on the highs and lows of some of the biggest franchises in cinema history before we find out if the new one is worth seeing. This week, we begin our epic rewatch of the Star Wars franchise with the prequel trilogy. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Yes, so we're talking about the prequel trilogy. all three of them. We watched the prequel trilogy. I swore I'd never do it again. All three of them. There are three, and each one of them is at least a week long. They do. They do and go on. They go, they go on for a really, really long time. Um, yeah, I some somehow George Lucas was given all creative control, and he just didn't stop. He just he didn't understand. It's they are they're, just they're these fascinating like monuments to his own hubris. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's, he, he didn't stop to think whether he should. <laughs> it's the it's the Jurassic Park paradigm. It's like he, he was so fascinated about whether he could. He didn't stop to think about whether he should. No, he didn't. Did he? Fuck. He didn't give a shit. Exactly. It's, it's the and... same problem that George Lucas has had since day one. Is that he thinks he's more intelligent and that he's better than everybody else. I don't think it's even that. I think it's that he's his ideas and his his approach to filmmaking. Faster, more intense. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, he do, he doesn't care about the things that make good films. He he cares about like creativity, like the things that he the he's come out recently and sort of moaned about the new movies. Mm. And his complaint is that there's nothing new in them, and he's got this whole thing about invention and creating new things visually, and that he will sacrifice story and character in order to create something that looks different and is new, yeah. visually on the screen. And that is exactly and but throughout this entire sort of, trilogy. Is but that. the issue is, is that that goes against what was originally made in the in the original trilogy. Without getting into them yet, because we're going to talk about them next time. But that's that's what I have. One of the reasons that I have such an issue with is because the the, the original trilogy is so organic mm. that and that all of this is so. Plastic. It's artificial, and everything. It's so about artificial, this, yeah. and it gets worse as they go on. There are scenes where it's, there's nothing about this that is real. Everything's like fabricated. To there a are point. just I two humans walking from one point to another. But sometimes I don't nothing even, on the, else yeah. on screen is real. Sometimes I don't even know if two people are actually in the same room or not. There no. are scenes where that where like there are two, two actors supposedly talking to each other, but I'm like. The way you've cobbled this together, I wouldn't be surprised if they filmed their half of the scene on different days. Yeah. And you've just okay. melded it together because it's just, it's so, yeah, like I say, artificial. Um, sorry, before we barrel <laughs> too far into it, like we already have done. Um, yeah, so we are doing the Star Wars epic grand rewatch as we've sort of, you know, a massive thing that we've 
been working around a lot of people are going to be doing it over the next few months i think because obviously the next film rise of skywalker is coming out in december um it's supposedly the end of this whole series and it's going to sort of be this big finale so everyone's going to be going back and watching them um there is some debate out there about as to what order you should watch the star wars films in mm-hmm. we've decided to cover these and the way we would probably both watch them out of choice is to watch them in chronological story order yeah in terms of when they're meant to take place in the timeline in the fictional world not in the when they came out at the cinema no because if you did that then you'd be jumping back and forth um and you'd be watching things out of sequence so we've decided to do it this way so what that's going to mean is basically we're going to have an episode this week talking about the prequel trilogy which are episodes one two and three which came out in 1999 2002 and 2005, they're the ones with Hugh McGregor mm-hmm. as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, they're the cartoon ones, for lack of a better term. They're the... F- yeah. The, yeah, they're the George Lucas written and directed prequel trilogy that tells the story of Anakin Skywalker and how he became Darth Vader. That's that's what these movies are. And then following that, we're going to have an episode about the Star Wars stories. Yes. Which is going to be about the Disney sort of spin-off movies that they've done set before the original trilogy, which are Solo, mm-hmm. um, about Han Solo and being you know young and meeting Chewbacca. Solo or Han Solo, Solo story. Yeah, and Rogue One, which is a direct prequel to the original um, Star Wars. Then we're going to talk about the original Star Wars trilogy, which is obviously Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Then we're going to talk about The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. then we'll be all set up, ready to go for the next final concluding chapter of the whole thing which will be the rise of skywalker coming out towards the end of december yeah um so yeah so that's how we're doing it that's how we've chosen to do it i think this is the only real way to do it i mean i've heard of other orders like i mean there's the machete order have you heard of that no so the machete order basically says that you watch star wars the original star wars right this is basically i think this doesn't really take into account the um spin-offs this is just for the main episode films so you watch um star wars empire strikes back and then at the empire strikes back when you get the big reveal that luke i am your father mm-hmm. spoiler alert um oh, i got something to raise about that in a minute <laughs> you then go back and watch episode two and three mm-hmm. as if they're an extended flashback okay and then you finish out by watching return of the jedi okay and that's the machete order okay which is interesting i guess i've never felt the need to do that to be honest until this recording i've never felt the need to ever go back to the prequels ever again no i was quite happy not to i own all the star wars movies individually every once in a while there's a point of me that's like are they that bad and then i watch one of them and i go yeah yeah they are yeah they fucking are um i think it's fair to say you and i both got a lot of history when it comes to star wars yes um it's a big part of shaping our sort of film love of film and well i'm speaking for myself i don't want to speak for you but that's mm-hmm. it, it's a massive part of why i am who i am and do a podcast and all the rest of it is because i saw star wars and it just blew my mind as a kid and then that was it yeah um and you were the same i take it so yeah star wars for me came about because when they were first released on video <clears throat> in the uk sort of in the early 90s um, we, my brothers and I bought them for our mum hmm. for Mother's Day 
because she, ma- she loves Star Wars. Because my mum is a massive, <coughs> massive, massive Star Wars nerd. Like my mum and dad went to see it together, and my dad was like, "I went to see Star Wars at the cinema, and it just completely changed my mum's life." Mm. One of the reasons that I'm so into film is because my mum got me into films and shared her love of film with me and while she doesn't have like an encyclopedic knowledge it's just one of her things that she does she she watches a film probably a, at least a film a day mm. um she knows all about star wars she corrects me if i say um han instead of han mm-hmm. she'll say leah princess leah because that's how she was first referred to yeah in Star Wars and that's what's yeah, embedded that's in yeah. her memory so and if you say this is like a, a, a mumism of my mum is that she will if you say something and she's not paying attention she'll say Boba Fett <laughs> Boba Fett <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so Boba Fett uh, Boba Fett where yeah <laughs> that's and, great I love uh, that yeah she does it all the time and if you ever say Boba Fett, she says the same oh, thing. Uh, I want to start doing that now. That's really good. It's brilliant. No, she's done it my as far as I can remember back my entire life. <laughs> so yeah, first time I watched Star Wars, mm. I watched I watched my VHS at home. Yeah, and watching with my mum and my brothers, and was just absolutely transfixed. Yeah, from the first minute I saw it, and that was it. Proceeded to watch them until yeah, that was it. Okay, so that's that. And then, so I had a different experience. I obviously, I went to go and see when they re-released the um, original trilogy mm. in cinemas in 97. So that was the 20th anniversary. And they put out the special editions of the original trilogy. And my granddad took me to go and see the first one. So I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And I was fucking blown away by it. I saw it in the cinema, yeah. which I'm really just so happy that I managed to see that. And then that was it. Then I was a completely Star Wars mental and I drove my parents meant I would talk about it for hours I needed all the merch and then what that meant was in 1999 when the Phantom Menace came out and I I still remember the amount of merchandise and just promotional tie-ins and things that happened with that film Mm -hmm. I don't think has ever been rivaled ever since no I think it it was just absolutely everywhere you went everything you could think of was Star Wars and for me that I was target demographic I just had everything and my parents and my parents god bless them I don't know the amount of money they must have spent on this crap <laughs> like I remember I went to school with the giant with a head that was the my backpack was a giant Darth Maul head yeah um, I had just like all the toys and I've still got some of them to this day all the toys I had like a, I had the bedspread that was the Anakin Skywalker pod racer with Sebulba bedspread I had the curtains I yeah. had everything and I was massively into it. And I would, like, at that point, I think I must have seen episode one in the cinema five or six times, something ridiculous. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. And it was my favourite thing ever because I was eight years old. Yeah. I went to see it and I was... Now you tell me your experience. <laughs> 14 years old. Okay. And I... So to, You've got to, really to, so, so to contextualize it, like I went to see, so I watched all the Star Wars on VHS and then I would watch them constantly, constantly, constantly. My brothers who are four and five years older than me had all the Star Wars toys, mm-hmm. the original Star Wars toys. We had the Atat, we had 
the X Wing, we had the Millennium Falcon, yeah. we had we had all of it. Like from Hammerhead to Bib Fortuna, <laughs> we had the most obscure characters you could find, the weirdest background toy that was that existed in nineteen eighty three, my brothers had. I inherited all of them. So that was it. That was my whole fucking life. And then not, and then I went to see the re-releases, the special editions with my cousin, Stevie, rest his soul. Um, and I remember walking there and just talking at him about Star Wars and then going to see them and then walking back and just talking about them constantly. And I don't remember any, I don't remember what he said to me. I don't remember what happened. All I remember yeah. is walking and talking about Star Wars. Yeah. And then the prequels. <laughs> episode one came out. And I went to see it. And I remember I wasn't crushed. I wasn't devastated. I was just like Oh. Yeah. And I remember wanting to like it. I remember being desperate to fucking love it. Yeah. Because I had friends that were just thought it was the best thing ever and I was like and I couldn't put my finger on it and I remember talking to my mum about it one day and being like like you know 14 years old and you're having like existential conversations with your mum <laughs> yeah. and you're like it shakes like, you to the core mum what's the purpose of life or <laughs> mum I don't think I liked episode one and she'll go that's alright it wasn't my favourite one either and I'll be like Mum, I just don't think I liked it. And, she, and then my mum trying to explain the concept of hype to me as some sort of weird hormone-laden <laughs> teenager that should have been in love with Natalie Portman and thought Jake Lloyd was cool and Ewan McGregor was brilliant, but just ultimately being quite let down yeah. and not understanding why cinema could do that to me. <laughs> but you Especially had, Star Wars. I remember you had an amazing analogy once because I remember when we when you and I first met, it was during the hype building up towards mm. The Force Awakens. And I was fully on board. I was really excited for it. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, it's Star Wars is coming back. I can't believe it. It's not George Lucas anymore. It's it's pushing the story forward. It's the fucking Falcons back. I can't wait. It's great. You were like, meh, not into it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not bothered. I'm like Knowing knowing you the way I did back then, I was like, how the fuck are you not so hyped for this? And you gave me this amazing analogy about what the prequels did for you. Would you like to repeat it? No, I'll let you explain it. No, you do it. You, I, can't, I, I can't remember it off the top of right, my head. Right, so it was basically something along the lines of, you said that like the, your original Star Wars was like having a nice warm hug in a room. That would that it would come out and it would hug you and it would give you a nice hug every time you went to go and watch it. Oh, and every yeah. now and then you would you would go back to it and it would yeah. it would be like seeing an old friend. Yeah. And you get a nice hug every now and, and every now and again you go back in and you're like, <laughs> and, Oh, this is nice. And you still get a nice hug. And this and is, then, this reminds me of when I was young yeah. and I used to get really nice hugs when I was young and this is really good. Yeah. And then one day you walk into a room and somebody stabs you. <laughs> no, and you that, go it's it's someone's walking up towards you and you were expecting a hug. Because it's, that's all you've ever known. It's a <laughs> hug, right? This is a, you put your arms out and instead they stab you. Yeah. <laughs> and then and again, in like two years, <laughs> like you went on for ages with this. And it was just like, oh, and then, and then two years go by and you think, well, maybe, maybe I'll be okay. Maybe that won't happen again. Maybe the next guy will be nice. Maybe he'll be all right. And another guy walks in the room. <laughs> you expect him. I know he, he seems all right. I, I, 
I, okay, yeah, yeah, let's let's do this. Go for a hug, and he stabs you again. <laughs> I just <laughs> that was Attack of the Clones. <laughs> don't, because I didn't even I didn't even go into that room for episode three. Exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't go in the room because I knew there was a stabber in there, <laughs> and that was the that was the like the finale of that analogy that you said. It yeah, was like, it was that. It was yeah. like, and so then you realise. I'm not going anymore because I'll just get stabbed. Yeah. And that's how you felt like by the end of yep. this trilogy. And I stand by that. I don't remember. I don't remember like word for word the analogy, but I stand by it. Yeah. But fucking hell. But I... that's the thing. It's just like this warm, comforting feeling that I used to get with Star Wars. And just every time I sit down to watch it, I really had a good time. Mm. And then it was really because we went to see it on holiday. It was like summer holiday. We were in, you know, the summer was amazing. And loads of stuff was happening and like girls were a thing. And I was really excited about everything because mm. it was the summer. I was on a beach. It was brilliant. And we were going to go and see Star Wars like three days before we left. It wasn't even on the last day. We were going to have more time there. And I was like collecting things. And I was like getting the, the cereal, the, the pen toppers and stuff. And mm. you just go. Hmm. Because episode we haven't talked about the films themselves yet, so we have to talk about. So to get into it, yeah. Episode one is a very, very complicated trade film. But like you watch it now, and it's like it. Like obviously, when I had when I watched it as a kid, I was just super excited. But you watch it now, and you you can just imagine just as you're as it's opening, you're reading that opening crawl, and it's like. Taxation of trade routes in the fucking what? This is meant to be Star Wars. What the fuck are you talking about? And it's just like and it's just and then like yeah, it just Opening start, Crawl, yeah. episode one. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping what? to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships. The Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the Guardians of the Peace and Justice in the Galaxy, to settle the conflict. Now what the fuck, apart from two words in that, has anything to do with Star Wars? Nothing. Nothing. It's all bollocks, and it's all George Lucas thinking he's far more intelligent than anyone else in the well, room. I just don't get it because it's so convoluted, and it, it it means that like the first act of episode one just fucking books it. Like it has to go through so much weird shit just to get to the point. Like, and then they end up on Tatooine, they bump into Anakin. Yeah, and it's like if he's meant to be the point of this whole thing, why is it taking us this long? Why have you had to have like an underwater? chase sequence a battle sequence an invasion a fucking a cartoon rabbit <laughs> why have you had to have all that to get to that and just and to a point where the script is the same like the scripts for all of these like no one has any character in them no. they're just moving the plot along they're just saying the thing to say the thing to get to the next scene to get mm-hmm. to the next scene to do the next thing it's like oh no I, the, the hive drive has been pulverized. We'll need to go somewhere for repairs. Look, sir, Tatooine. It's like, and it's literally that. Uh, it's ruled by the huts. It's ruled by the huts. Oh, they're slaves. The queen won't like that. Never mind. And they're literally talking back and forth, saying line, 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 line. It's like, do any? Are you robots? All of you? Yeah. you, you none of you have any character. That's the worst thing. Like, you, the first characters we're introduced to is like Qui Gon and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. 
and they're like these weird monk robots or something elusive master something's very weird and like are you friends do you like each other have you got like yeah do, do, why do i care like the, and that's the th- that's one of the things is that one thing that I would always say about Star Wars, and this is what we're getting to next week, but it was always the intrigue mm. that would lead this thing along. Because it's, where did this happen? Where did this go from? What is the Clone Wars? What is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? The intrigue drives yeah. so much of it. Yeah. But at the same time, in this, it's just all laid out yeah. in prose, pretty much. Yeah. It's just somebody telling you. It's just all... It's. It feels like either George Lucas is really bitter and has just written it all out and been like, there you go. Fuck it. That's like, what, if that's what just, you want. He considers like every, every actor on screen is just a talking prop. Mm. It's just like, and then you say that and then you say that and that, and we, if we do all that, then we can have a big CGI sequence. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to get to. Yeah. But I have to justify it by coming up with a story. And like, he's just, he's like, he does it begrudgingly. He doesn't yeah. want to have to do a story. And it's like he hasn't paid any attention to his own material because there are just this thing is littered with plot holes and things that don't make sense when you yeah. think about them in context with the original films. Yeah. So for for anybody that is unfamiliar, to briefly cover the plot, episode one introduces Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, Padme Amidala, and some other characters. Mm. But it's essentially Obi-Wan, Anakin, Padme are the three primary characters that, are, that exist through these trilogies, yeah. through this trilogy. Yeah. With Anakin being the leading line that goes throughout the, Supposedly. the six. But like, that's Supposedly. The thing, like, but then there are the alternative theories that this is all of, a Kenobi scenario. But that's and, the thing. Like, I, think that's the, I think episode one is the worst culprit for that, whereby I don't know who the protagonist of this movie is. Is it meant to be? There Qui- isn't really. There isn't one. No. Qui Gon, I guess. I mean, yes and no, because when you, you you it's it's like an ensemble piece, because you've got people like Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, yeah, Jake Lloyd. Um, and you look at it like that, and you're like, okay, so these are the people that are driving this film forward. Mm. But then you look at how any film works characters have progression yeah nobody learns anything the only thing they learn that is anakin's a thing let's take him along i can't do that because that's not how we do it okay we'll do it anyway yeah i can't do that because it's not how it's done but we're gonna do it anyway but like it frustrates me because it's there are so many things throughout this whole trilogy and like, like you say, the fact that they there are they don't have proper character arcs is really frustrating. But like, there are so many missed opportunities, mm-hmm. and there are missed opportunities not only on a character arc, like big story level, but like in individual scenes as well. But like, the the perfect character arc that I think could have solved so many things, and we might get into this later about my, my ideas of how to fix these films. Yeah. Um. But like, Padme as a character. Is just she should be a lot stronger, and she should be a really good, strong female character. Mm-hmm. She's this is meant to be Princess Leia's mum. Yeah, and we meet her. She's the queen of a nation. Yeah, and there are things in she's the queen of a planet of a planet. Yeah, and the idea is that there are things, there are moments in this movie where she's meant to like be the standing up, and but like everyone's got such wooden delivery that it just falls yeah. flat. And then, but like she has this moment where she turns around and goes, 
if the Senate, if this political system that we're in doesn't work anymore, then fuck it. Yeah. Then in that case, if it doesn't work and it, we get tied up in all the the bureaucracy and you're not actually going to help me, most yeah. people are, there's a, there's a conflict going on. It's like the UN refusing to act yeah. when there's a conflict going on. Well, in that case, fuck it. But then they, they don't then follow that through because in no. the next film, she's a senator and she's fully signed up to it and she loves it. Yeah. And then spends the next two films banging on about how great it is. Yeah. It's like, right, well, what could have been a really interesting turn throughout this whole trilogy would be go because of her experience in episode one, she then turns her back on the Republic, becomes a separatist yeah. because she realizes that this whole convoluted system you guys have just doesn't work. And then they go, right. Well, the reason then they have this love story between her and Anakin and the reason that it's a Romeo and Juliet forbidden love thing isn't because of some weird rule with the Jedi and they're not allowed to love. It's because she's on the wrong side of the war. Yeah. I, doesn't doesn't like, work, and that's the thing. So like the the plot is like trying trying. I honestly, I'm trying. I will say this now. I want you to loosely ex- it to explain in a a minute the plot of episode one. Uh, what do you think the story was? <laughs> so okay, so there, there's trade federation are doing a blockade of the planet of Naboo for some reason. Um, and they send some Jedi to go and help out. They escape, they trade Federation invade. They escape with the queen. Basically the whole thing is a plot by Palpatine. <laughs> so the Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace, the Phantom Menace is the existence of a shadowy, bad guy yeah. within some form that we we learn as is the emperor yeah but we don't really get a lot of explanation about that it's basically the fact that everything in this film goes from there are two jedis to go and meet these trade people to negotiate yeah they don't negotiate they get they try to kill them they end up on a planet they meet jar jar they go from one side of the planet to the other through some water to meet the queen, to talk to the queen. The queen tries to explain to them that this thing isn't going to work, but then they try and get and assassinate the queen. So they take her off planet. When they take her off planet, they end up not being able to use the hyperdrive, so they have to land on another planet where they accidentally meet Anakin. When they meet Anakin, they have to free Anakin from being a slave so he can does a pod race, which he was probably going to do anyway except for the the Jedi negotiated him to be free, but not the other one. <laughs> and then he gets the other one to be freed. And no, he gets Anakin to be free because he wins the pod race because of obviously. And then once he's freed, they fly off into space. But when they go to fly off into space, they end up back on Naboo. But then they send the bad Obi-Wan to kill Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and the Queen and Anakin probably because he's there, but and then they do a big fight with Jewel of the Fates, and there's a space battle because it's Star Wars, <laughs> and then the film ends, and oh yeah, and Qui Gon dies, and the film ends. Yeah, right. Essentially, what what we're trying to do here is trying to explain. In that, there's a thing called that's the Phantom Menace, because nobody knows this film as Star Wars Episode One. The Phantom Menace. Everybody knows this film as episode one. Yeah. Because nobody can really discern truly what the Phantom Menace really is 
in a comprehensible way. No. No, I think, well, yeah, it's, it's a case of, I guess, in the when you put it in the context of the wider, of the whole trilogy, it's Palpatine. It's Palpatine. Yeah. Because the whole thing, the, the whole conflict that's in this movie about the Federation, Naboo, and all the rest of it, is all just a manipulation so that he can get elected to be the head of the UN, the head of the Senate. So, and not just that, that he can take over that, but he can become supreme leader yeah. by taking the power from the Senate yeah. in an emergency situation because they're all at war, yeah. which happened to Rome. Yeah. And Caesar took over. They all handed... The, so Caesar took over and everyone handed the yeah. power over to him because he was the one person that could unite them. Yeah, and, you even and he live, never gave it back. So what you're saying is you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Is that what Palpatine is? He lived too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and look yeah. at everybody else in it. Like Nolan obviously took his lessons from Star Wars. Everybody else died before they became the villain. Yeah. And the, yeah. So, I mean, there's so many things that are shit about episode one. I mean, Jar Jar obviously is like, everything's been said about Jar Jar. I don't want to really bang on about how crap Jar Jar is. It's been, it's been said to death. We all know it how is, awful it's, he is. It's stupid. It's and not. It's... Yeah. But the other thing I will say as well is that, and this is something that's come up. Ahmed best. Mm-hmm. Feel really bad for the guy because yeah. he came out not long a few years ago and sort of told his story and about the amount of abuse and shit that he got back in the day um and to a point where he became suicidal because of the amount of just that it yeah. ruined his his life and his career by playing this part in this film and it's like well it's not his fault it's not his fault it's like george made this cat but they're but like throughout this entire episode one's the worst for it because i feel like they're all crammed into it but there are all these horrible like racial stereotypes yeah like the trade federation you meet them immediately and like are these like greedy like chinese sort of asian businessmen who are just into technology and it's like yeah that's that's a very clear parallel they talk like that they've got slitty eyes and it's like and they look it's incredibly yeah racially insensitive and then you've got like watto who is yeah. like the most anti-semitic thing i've ever seen in my life he's it's... literally a blue skinned alien with and this is yeah. this is no statement from me whatsoever this is me repeating these things that you hear and learn and same with dom like we're not shitty people but what i will say is when george lucas makes a character that is blue is only interested in money has a big nose and speaks with a quite a yiddish accent yeah george you got a problem mate yeah like that would that could not happen now that's what i don't understand is that he how he wasn't like in today's like i know people sort of going about like woke culture or whatever but like, if that had come out now, and that people had sort of seen that and made that, if they did that in the Disney um, Star Wars movie now, mm-hmm. there would be fucking riots. You know yeah, I mean, yeah. people would like they fire the director. There'd be a Twitter storm. There'd be all kinds of shit going on. Yeah, but somehow, for whatever reason, nineteen ninety nine things were very different. Well, um, and that's the because well, the internet wasn't the way that it is no. now. No, I know, but yeah. Anyway, but at the same time, and the, but then you you look at one. And one leads you down this path where you're just like, when you get to a point where there's a bit of action, you're like, fuck, thank God. Yeah. And that's what I'll say is the best parts of one and the best parts is kind of can be said of the entire trilogy are the action parts where no one's talking Mm -hmm. because the worst parts are always dialogue sequences. Like some of the shit that comes out of people's mouths in this one, it's like, like pretty much anything that comes out of Anakin's mouth. Is fucking awful in one. It's like in it's the worst thing. All three, in all of them. He's he's the worst. But just like 
it's so stilted and the way people talk to one another. I hate the fact that throughout all of these, everyone just refers to each other by their titles. No one talks to each other like they know each other. Or they're no. like, j- there's no personal relationships in this. No. They all just go, my master, my young Padawan, my young handmaiden, my 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 lord, my queen, my my, my this, my that, my senator, whatever. No one just fucking says their names because none of them know one another. Do you know, it's not like, imagine, like, even the difference between Han and Luke. Think about Han and Luke in the space of one movie. Yeah. The way they end up talking to one another. Like, you feel like there's a relationship there. There's a back and forth. You don't get any of that in this because they're all these weird, stilted fucking robot but people. It happens within the same film. You look at the way that... Yeah. And again, we shouldn't start getting into the original trilogy yet. We'll talk about that next week. But you don't get that in this. There is no progression whatsoever. Everything just feels like it's just being read off a page without any intent. No. And you sort of sit there and you go... And like there are, there are the odd bits... Now and again, and I will say, you and McGregor really earned his paycheck for this. Fuck yeah, he did. I, I, I was, I would say the same thing. Like you and really tried his hardest. There are times where he sort of switches off, and he realizes he just goes, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it, it's another scene where I'm just, I'm the only person in the room, <laughs> and it's like he's poor bastard. Yeah, but, like any part of episode two. Oh yeah, episode two. He's the he. Fuck me, poor bloke. Um, like I'm s- astonished he didn't have a moment like Ian McKellen in when he was making The Hobbit yeah where he just broke down because he's just sat on a green screen set yeah like this isn't acting I'm on my own yeah talking to a green cardboard box yeah but just like yeah he tries and Liam Neeson I guess is okay Liam Neeson is okay but like Liam get- Neeson looks the part yeah he looks like a badass and that's the thing things look cool in this movie like mm-hmm. in, the, in episode one I mean and the main one being Darth Maul yeah. Darth Maul looks like a fucking badass and he fights like a badass and I will still maintain that I do feel like Duel of the Fates is the probably the best fight sequence just purely for, from choreography standpoint yeah probably I think particularly like. if I was to highlight a particular moment of it I mean basically there's the bit towards the end where it's just Obi-Wan and Maul mm-hmm. after Qui-Gon's gone down. And that sequence, where it's just it's one long, like, unbroken shot of those two fucking going at it. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. And you can see it's clear. That's not Stuntman. That's Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. And that's Ray Park. And nothing that the new films have done has come close to that yet. No. And I'm like, I want that. I want that, but I want the emotional intensity of Ray versus Kylo. Mm-hmm. Like I want that level of drama, but with that level of swordsmanship, there's yeah. a happy medium somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, I will commend that, but at the same time, it's I don't know. Is to it, get into is a it, weird it's Tom M, is allegory M. again. It's you've trodden in a massive pile of shit, <laughs> and you look at the bottom of your shoe and you go, "There's a clean bit." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still it's, trodden in shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel the same way a little bit about the pod race sequence. Pod race sequence is pretty cool. The, I go back to it. Like sometimes I watch that and I'm like, "That's quite cool," but I think what I'm remembering is all the fun I had playing Star Wars Pod Racer on my Nintendo 64. I've still got that on my N64. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. Um, I remember. I, it's a different story for another time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, like, there are like there are flashes of yeah good 
I wouldn't ever say any of this stuff is like amazing. No. Like the Jewel of the Fates stuff is some of it is fucking brilliant. I feel like but some of it is incomprehensible nonsense of green screen and people waving around sticks. Yeah. But that also I feel like it's some of the strongest work that John Williams has done. Oh god, yes. Fuck me. Without a doubt. I would say the best thing that we've ever gotten out of the prequel trilogy was Jewel of the Fates. Was Jewel of the Fates. Absolutely. Oh well, that and Ewan maybe. It depends what they do going forward because that's the one thing that seems to have survived this right as it currently stands. Yeah, the legacy of having Ewan McGregor yeah. as young uh, Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. is stellar. I, I would th- say that his a lot of his performance in one Yeah, not so much. Like until you get to that final battle scene. No. It's that, just all No Master. I will train him master. Over there, master. Yes, master. You you and the you and the Nabu form a symbiont circle. You must understand this. I'm sorry, master. I do try. It's like it's like every single line reading is the first line reading. Yeah. And that and George George has got, he's not interested, so he just goes, Okay. Okay. Okay, move okay. on. Okay. And like and like, okay. you, like you and, and like Liam and all these people who were like professional actors, like well sorry, I I'm like just warming up. Can we have another go? Don't need to. Why? He did it on the table, read. We just yeah. yard that over the top. Exactly. Um, but then we move into like, uh, yeah. And then when you move into two, yeah. Going back to the legacy sort of system we've got going on here. What was like? I went to see two. I would have been at college. Mm. And I remember going to see it with my friends and just being like, mm. same well, thing I, again, like yeah. just being like, okay. And at that point I was doing media studies yeah. at college. Yeah. And don't forget at that time, some of the most influential people to me were people like, like these amazing directors like John Carpenter and stuff. And you see all of these amazing things that put out and you're like, Star Wars was really good. Come on, this one's going to be really good. It's going to be like, it's like an adult and like an older Anakin. And it's this new guy that's coming up. And, you know, and we all knew that episode one was a bit shit because they made jokes about it in Spaced, which we all watched. <laughs> but, and then two comes out and you just go, oh, fuck, they did it again. And this, this time I was less disappointed. Yeah, like you were ready for it. I just thought, oh, and it wasn't that I was ready for it. It's just that I was so, I wasn't crushed before. I was just so underwhelmed by everything. It's just, I think it's got, just let down. He's got to have the worst opening out of any Star Wars film, I think. Just the way it opens, he's got this stupid assassination attempt with um, the, the ship blowing up. Oh, fuck. And then he's just, oh no, Corday. And so. Uh, I guess I was wrong. There was no danger at all. It's it's for fuck's sake. And then the worst bit is like, then they cut and they have, it's just people having conversations in these empty, clearly, clearly none of this is real. Mm -hmm. None of it. And this is where it gets really bad. I feel in two, in, in one, at least they're like, there were scenes in Naboo and stuff where they were filming and, and on Tatooine, where they they were were on location, they were on location Two because so much of it happens in Coruscant or Camino or whatever. Mm. There's it's all just fake. Everything's yeah. fake. Everything's just these, these endless corridors and giant rooms with... Okay, the, the one thing that might be real is that you're sitting on a chair. But it's not. it doesn't look like that chair. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Apart from that, there's Ian McDermott and Samuel Jackson are in a room. Apart from that, everything else is fake. Yep. Everything else is completely... And it looks it. And it's just like, oh, fuck, I hate it. I hate it. And it's just like... 
yeah, the, the worst, like that bit is like, if they do break away, <laughs> and I will not, and it's like, oh, fuck, it's the first line reading, wasn't it? It's the worst. It's just, and then when you, I can't tell you the plot of two. I, just, I hate the, and then the, yeah, the way like, I can't believe, then, then watching back now, and again, in hindsight, thinking about the context of who Anakin is supposed to be, the way they introduce Anakin Skywalker in this movie is they have there is you and it's Obi Wan and Anakin in a lift going to see Padme. Fucking hell, it is as well. And they it? do and they do this like forced exposition bit where they talk about like all the the crazy adventures they've had together, yeah. and how many times they've saved each other's lives. So like, oh, I'm nervous. I haven't seen her in over sixty years. And it's like there's a like there's a nugget of something there because you can make him relatable. He's nervous about seeing a girl. Yeah, that's relatable. Everyone gets that, but then he just then they have this fucking awful scene where he just contradicts Obi Wan immediately, and it's like you could again you could if you wrote that subtly about the old idea of him being a bit arrogant and sort of undermining his master and sort of making promises that he can't keep, but yeah. instead they just go, "We're here to protect you, not to start an investigation." And then Anakin goes, "We will find out who's trying to kill you." Like, yeah, no, like, and then he immediately jumps out of a window. No, that's Obi Wan. Obi Wan jumps out of a window. Is it? Yeah, because he's a fucking badass. <laughs> fucking hell. But did you watch it? I did. <laughs> I watched it last night. <laughs> but so, uh, right, let me try and do a plot. So we open the film and then they try and kill Padme again. Yeah. And then they're like, no, nah, didn't kill her, killed someone else that looks like her because this is why she's got so many body doubles, except she keeps taking a hat off and it's quite clearly the same lady. Uh, we couldn't get Kira Knight anymore, so now we've got Rose Byrne. Yeah, that's fine. And then Kira Knightley got big after that. Um, and then they bring in the Jedi again to be bodyguards this time, not negotiators. And then somebody tries to assassinate her again. They go after the assassin. Somebody assassinates the assassin. And then Obi-Wan does a little quest to find out who the assassin that killed the assassin or the assassin that assassinated the assassin and then he ends up on a planet called Camino, which is populated by long-necked fish people who are cloning the assassin who assassinated the assassin. Mm. And then he has a big fight with him, but then he follows him to a planet where loads of other shit goes on, which we'll get to in a minute, because there's another plot where Anakin and Padme are palling around, being undercover and hiding, and then they do love and things. And then they end up on the same planet because of their investigation and then they all end up on the same planet again which is coincidental and then they end up in a gladiatorial arena which is clearly a very bad idea with people that are with two warriors like mythical jedi warriors mm. like oh what should we do we'll put them in there oh, we, is that a good idea because yeah. it seems like this is exactly what they would want to happen well, no it's good entertainment they're magic wizards who are going to fight alien monsters that aren't really aliens because they're just on our planet, so they're just monsters, technically. Stop being racist. <laughs> um, and then we're all just going to stand around and watch. But we've got, like, footpaths and stuff, but we fly. Yeah. Like, and, and, there and are then, just no, logical no, and then, fallacies sorry. throughout this entire thing. And, and then, then the but clones they, attack. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because it's not even that. It's not even that. They're on a planet that seems to essentially be populated by insectoid creatures. Right. 
or some sort of hybrid reptile insectile type. Mm. But underneath that planet is a giant mega factory where they're building evil killer robots. Yeah. That are very poorly made and designed. Yeah, no, sorry, you say killer robots. Robots. Yeah. Well, I say killer robots because... Who have they killed? In the Aftermath books, there's one that's well stabby. Okay. Um, and... It's... And then they're like, oh no, we're on Geonosis and we've got to fight all these robots. And then they have a big scrap and then they're like, oh, we're outnumbered because there's like... 20 Jedi and higher population of this planet, which is cool to see lots of lightsabers on screen, but it's literally the most pandering moment. And then all the clones turn up and attack, and then there's a really drawn-out CGI fight. Boba Fett's dad loses his head. Some other people die. Oh, Christopher Lee's in this? Fucking hell, Christopher Lee's in this. He's the big bad of this film. Like, they talk about him in the opening crawl. Oh, yeah, I need to get the opening crawl. Don't get the opening. They talk about Count Dooku in the opening crawl because that's another issue they have throughout this trilogy is that there's no... There's obviously this Palpatine as the villain. Um, Yeah, so they have... Palpatine is like the manipulative bad guy villain in the background, but they they need a villain up front who the the good guys fight. (laughs) And they have a different one in each film for this trilogy. They keep swapping them out. So they had Darth Maul in the first one. Everyone loved Darth Maul. Kill him. Yeah, cut him in half. Fuck's sake. He's the Coming one, off, he's the one thing that was universally loved. Even the people who hated the film loved Darth Maul. They killed him. Yeah. And a good reason why they loved him so much is they had three lines. So he couldn't get completely fucked over by George Lucas's awful dialogue. Um, yes, yeah, so they got rid of him. And then in the second one now, we've got... We go, hey, you know that, um, that fucking really acrobatic, like amazing, badass warrior that we had in the first one? Yeah. Oh, we're going to replace him with a 90-year-old man. Yeah. And then CGI the 90-year-old man's head onto the body of a stunt double. Who is equally not going to be particularly athletic. No. He's got a cool-looking <laughs> lightsaber, though, because he, he holds it at a funny angle. Also, that then means that the old man being manipulated by the old man is older than the old man that's manipulating him. It's mm. just like, why? This is a really odd casting job. It's cool to have Christopher Lee in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense. No. Like, and then they have, a fight, they have a fight where he beats up both Anakin and Obi-Wan at the same time, cuts off Anakin's hand, starts wrecking shit, and then Yoda turns up, and we see a very bizarre moment that was, at the time, I was very excited to see that. Were you? Because I was like, this is fucking mad. This isn't what I expected. I hated it. And was just like, what the fuck is I, happening I, here? I, I cannot described to you and this goes back this is something i wanted to mention about in episode one as well so in episode one they've sit he's fucked with it again so (laughs) when episode one first came out yoda was a puppet (laughs) yeah it was a very bad puppet i don't even remember but he was better it was bad yeah but he was better than the original sorry better than what they ended up with now i think no i no i i hate cgi yoda like I can't even describe how much it, it it makes me oh god it makes me so angry. I hate it so much. I hate fucking CG Yoda is the worst thing. He has no expression, he's just this like blob of nothing. Dumb. What? 
Yeah, I'll take that any day. No, I'll take that any no, day over absolutely the CGI. not. No. If I, w- I, will, I would take a CGI over that fucking monstrosity no. because you're co- we're literally comparing two physical presences. Two physical presences of Yoda, which is quite visibly real and there, yeah. seems to be living, breathing, moving, talking, acting, to this which is just some weird boggling that was sort of bought from Woolworths in 1996 clearance sale. No, I, I... And then, but at least with... I, this is my argument with this, because I've had this before with many friends. I will quite happily take the CGI version over that, because with the CGI, there's a disconnect. Mm. It's the uncanny valley. You know that's not real. Yeah. When you've got that physical presence there... You're like, you're not Yoda. Yeah. And it's it's more so because you're like, this was a puppet. Just use the fucking original puppet. It's there. Like, now when they, when, when they decided to bring him back in The Last Jedi, they did scans and based him off the original puppet because yeah. the puppet was in the archive. They filmed the puppet. Yeah. And then put that in yeah. CG. Like I, yeah, I don't. I I hate CGI Yoda. I like I hate a lot of things about Yoda in this. Actually, to be fair, like his even his characterization, some of the shit that he spouts. But I love seeing more Yoda. Yeah, what but I hate is some of the crap he comes out. with. This isn't Yoda. Like there are parts of it that I'm like, I'm a little bit on board with because you're like, yeah, Yoda has fucked up, which is why he's this cantankerous old man that's just refusing to leave this mud planet. Mm. Because he's seriously fucked up, but the the way that he fucked up yeah. isn't again. It's like it's not really laid yeah. in very well. It's just stuff, stupid things like it's fucking Yoda, and he suddenly gets haymakered by the Emperor with Force Lightning, and you're like, mm, probably yeah, should have seen, literally means, should have seen that coming. Before we, I mean, before we get in too far into episode three, I mean, yeah, in episode two. Um, we do get the Yoda lightsaber fight, which I fucking hate. Um, but that's just one of the things. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, why is this happening? I just remember what it's like seeing it and just going. I, just, I kind, I, I'm just completely flabbergasted yeah. by what's happening right now. It's just mental. There's this little and the, and just like every, all the shit. They the worst thing about the lightsaber fights in these as well is that the dialogue when they when they're trying to back and forth one another. It's like ah. You must must learn, my young Padawan. Oh yeah, everyone's a fucking Padawan, aren't they? Everyone's the, someone's Padawan, and it's like, ah, oh, it's obvious. This this contest can't be decided by our by our knowledge uh, of the by force. Our knowledge of the force, but our prowess with the lightsaber. So why the fuck did you need to say that? Just fucking get. Oh, God, I hate all this shit. Um, just but everything's so lumpy. But that's nothing compared to some of the romantic dialogue. Oh God. Oh Jesus Christ. Like we're just, gonna get to the worst romantic dialogue that has probably ever been written. Oh, some of the cringiest in shit. And three, a lot of but it. Two is fucking. I don't know. I think two might have it. So there's there's two like speech bits. Yeah, that oh, are sand. Sand. No, so not even the sand. There's the sand bit, which is pretty infamous. It's like I don't like sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. I'm like. This is meant to be the baddest, like the the biggest badass in all of the galaxy, and like you just made him into this whiny fucking 
wet back. I hate Anakin so much. I hate him, and then also Hayden Christensen can't fucking act his way out of paperback. He's the worst and has just the worst delivery. And again, I know he's a really nice guy in real life. I've nothing against him as a bloke, but I just fuck me. John Act, he's just the worst. Um, but no, it's the bit where they're by the fireplace. And it's like, I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. <laughs> My heart is burning, praying that that kiss does not become a scar. Oh, what is it? Is it the... Um... You're in my very soul, tormenting me. <laughs> like... what is, it? is it the line when they, before they go out to the gladiator arena? Oh, is it? She goes, oh yeah, no, um... I thought we had decided not to love, that it would destroy our lives. <laughs> and she just says, I truly, deeply love you. Uh, <laughs> and then, then the John Williams fucking romantic. <laughs> Shut still, the fuck up. Still, it's a fucking banger. It's great. Cool. It's just like everything that's happening is shit. <laughs> it's just, oh. And they just, it's so fucking stupid. Like there's the bit where they're rolling around in the grass together. <laughs> and they're like they're two 20 year old people and then at and one point she ends up straddling him at the end and it's just like what the fuck is going on here like one point what is happening right now i don't understand what the fuck is happening just... like how does, does this does george think this is how people work and how they talk to one it's... another and just like when he first sees her again he goes you goes, oh you've grown he goes so have you grown more beautiful i mean right you're a fucking creep then I'm never fucking going anywhere near you again. Who says that? Uh-huh. After 10 years. Who fucking says that? I just... It doesn't work. No, it's the worst. It's the worst fucking thing. I hate it. I hate everything about it. And it's meant to be the whole sort of crux of this entire trilogy. It's meant to be their relationship. Yeah. And it but just... But I just never believe it. No. Cause they And sadly, they just don't have any chemistry. No. They no also, they, they might have chemistry behind the scenes, mm. but that's never seen on screen yeah, because the way, the, the way that the dialogue is written and delivered is so wooden yeah. that it's just, again, it's, it's the, the main thing I have with this, second time I've said it, it just, none of it feels organic. No. It all feels just really synthetic. It's the same with like, the Obi-Wan Anakin is the worst. Well, they're... Everything's the worst. But Obi-Wan and Anakin is really bad as well because they're meant to be these, like, they're brothers in, brothers in arms, but there's also this father-son relationship yeah. where Obi-Wan more or less raised him from the age of yeah. 10. Like, and that, this happened between films. And they tell it after that, but they, they just signpost it. They just say it. It goes, Please, don't say that, Master. You're the closest thing I have to a father. You don't have to fucking say it. It should be evident in the way you act yeah. around one another. And another plain example, I know we keep we go back to these guys all the time, but Marvel, mm-hmm. think about the relationship between Tony and Peter. Yeah. At no point did either one of them go, you're just like my father. Because it's implied that he's a father figure. You can yeah. tell because of the way they are around each other. Yeah. And the respect they have, and the fact that he's trying to live up to him, but he disappoints him. There's so much in there. And that's kind of what Anakin and Obi-Wan should have been. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. They just fucked it up. And so now they've just got this weird... And he's like shoehorning in this animosity between them. So like, even when Anakin's ranting and raving about something completely unrelated, he goes, but I do fucking hate Obi-Wan. <laughs> he's like, yeah. After his mother dies, he goes, 
It's all Obi Wan's fault. I'm like, how? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. You, no, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Obi Wan. What and the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot his mum dies in this one. <laughs> oh yeah. And we're introduced to Uncle 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 Owen. Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen. Emperor. Yeah. Uncle Owen. And then, yeah, they're in it. And but yeah, Australia. <laughs> Australia's own Joel Joel, Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. In one of his first roles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we get the end where we get the introduction of the clones to show all their gear. Yeah. And what they're like. And then the final like closing shot is like the hyper CG sort of over the, all of the clones all lined up with their new spaceships and yeah. their new battle droids. Uh, no, like, not droids. But I, like have no, tank I, I have absolutely no sense of scale. I don't no. know, how big is that spaceship in relation to the people? I don't no. know. How many are there? How big is the planet? How, you, don't like... under, you don't know because everything is in focus. Yeah. There's no depth of field no. to these films. Like, George can direct things in like a really cinematic way, but that's not apparent in any of this no. because he's so focused on telling you what he thinks you need to see yeah. that he doesn't care about anything else. Yeah, and he just... Yeah, and he just and then he starts. I think in two is more more so than one is where he starts doing the shoehorning in of fan service things. So the entirety of the Boba Fett, Django Fett plot yeah. is just shoehorned in because it's like a fan service. Oh look, you like the Boba Fett, don't you? Here, it's his dad. Yeah, but Django, but his dad is the is the clone that the clone troopers are based off of. Yeah. And then Boba Fett himself is a clone of is his dad. He's a clone of his dad. And th- that kid is fucking awful. <laughs> hey, Boba, is your dad it? Yep. 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 Dad, someone should see you. Get him. Fire. <laughs> this, this, him weird, this weird little Kiwi <laughs> kid. Like, a... He's um campaigning to play Boba Fett. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> no, he's appeared like on a bunch of things, like the Star Wars show and yeah, yeah, but, uh, some yeah. other bits and pieces. Yeah, no, and... that's great that he's appeared on the Star Wars show. Has he appeared in anything where he's had to act? Uh, a couple of TV things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any good? Don't know. Fuck off then. I have Pedro Pascal. Hey, <laughs> listen. Just pass on a fact. <laughs> it, oh, I hate, Django Fett is the worst. Well. Django Fett is like he just he's shit. Like like they don't know what to, like they could have had some good fight sequences and stuff with him. But they right. don't. Like here's the thing I have with the Star Wars. The whole thing about Star Wars. Oh, shit, what's happened here? Is people are like. <laughs> Boba Fett's fucking brilliant. No, he's not. He's fucking useless. He's crap. He just has a cool costume. Yeah. Django Fett. Oh, he's cool. No, he's not. He's fucking useless. He's useless. Watching this now. Both I'm... of them are fucking useless. Django, like, yeah, he, like they try and do something cool with him like, when he's fighting Obi-Wan, but it's just like they don't know how to stage a good fight sequence. So like, no. they just, and like on two separate occasions in this one film that he appears in, they have, a, they have to destroy or break his jetpack. Yeah. Because they go, well, if he's got a jetpack, we don't know. He can, he can move vertically. Oh, God, shit, we can't, we don't know how to do deal with that. Break it. Yeah. Blow up. Twice. Yeah. Because that, otherwise they go, no, guys, you could be creative here. You could have a really interesting fight sequence that isn't on the ground. You can mm-hmm. have an aerial battle of some description. They go, no, nah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Break it. Not even that. What's, how, we, how do we get started on the path to finding Django Fett? He so he, <laughs> he assassinates the assassin. assassin. Yeah, he killed. So he's basically he's insulating himself by employing another assassin to do the job. Which make that's fine. That makes sense. Whatever. When that she's about to give up his like it was, it was a bounty hunter called 
Let's <laughs> say so the perfectly timed fucking yeah. dart. So and then he flies off. Yeah. So he fires the dart. First of all, he fires a dart. Something that's made by the Kaminoans and can be identified by the markings that are carried on this dart that is made by Kaminoans. So, first of all, he's just left evidence to be exactly where he fucking is. Second of all, he waits to see if that person dies and for the person to turn around and look at him before he fucks off in his jetpack... In his bright silver and blue armor, yeah. he's the most in, like, he's, he's, he's the most conspicuous thing on this fucking neon planet because he's blue, reflective, and his back's on fire. <laughs> and the fucking useless cunt can't do a thing. But yeah, yeah anyway, moving on from Boba Fett because he's oh Django Fett, sorry. Yeah. But then oh. there's the, the, the like you say, there's the camp. Cam- Cameron Owens and then the Dexter Jetster. Yeah, all these weird, like, so poor old Hugh McGregor just spends his, this entirety of this film just talking to nothing. Smiling <laughs> at a tennis ball on a stick. But, like, even then, like, when he when he has the, so much as it's an awful scene and this, this stupid fucking, why are they in a diner with um, Dexter Jetster? Yeah. Even then, Ewan is injecting a little bit of personality into it. He's managed yeah. to, he's giving a little bit of a performance and he's like, yeah. look, hey, look, if droids could think, then none of us would be alive, would we? And he's got a smile on his face and he's like, there, there is this idea that, yeah, he's been around the block a few times and he's got this whole, and yeah, that's cool. Okay, fair enough. No one, yeah. else, no one else is doing that because everyone else just checked out. I mean, Natalie Portman's in this movie. She's a fucking Oscar winner. <laughs> oh, dear. So, but Anakin, we'd be living a lie. Oh, God. do you have any idea who's behind this? But <laughs> like, this, like, this is a bit like the way they fucking talk to each other again. I hate it. It's like, perhaps with just your presence, the, the the mystery behind this will be revealed. Now, if you excuse me, I will retire. I'm like, you're meant to be old friends. Why would you talk to someone like that? It's fucking weird. It's too formal. Everyone needs to just chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, they stay. Like, Everyone's just yeah, there's yeah. It's a weird, it's really fucking weirdly written. I don't understand why. Like it's the fact that he's he got so much ego, George, that he wouldn't even allow another writer to come and work on it with him. No, he just did it all himself, and he just and it shows. Even after like obviously once the first one came out, he just got fucking annihilated. Yeah, but he just goes no, yeah, I'm just going to plow on. Was going to plow on, and, he, and like again, that would never like in today's the way the film industry works now. Yeah, you wouldn't be allowed to continue. Even no, though, like you'd have to go right. Well, you've got to make some sort of concessions here. The studio would say, right, we've got to get another producer in, or we've got to get another writer. Well, I mean, it's literally happened on two. Yeah, Star Wars now they've got the amazing churn in terms of the they've they fired more directors than they've hired now in the Disney era. It's like, <laughs> like they'd kill, yeah. like because they're so because. They've got a consistent thing they've got to maintain. They want there's a particular product they want to put out. Whereas now it's like he's put something out that made a shitload of money, but everyone fucking hated. You would not allow him to continue to make two more no. in the same vein. And that's the thing because one thing that people should be aware of is that George Lucas owned all the Star Wars rights at this point, mm. so he owned everything to do with Star Wars. Yeah, like 
and that's how he made his money. And then when it was bought off of him by Disney for like what four and a half billion dollars or whatever Something it was, crazy like that, yeah. And then, um, uh, and then the rights went to Disney, which is people that are like protecting the IP by not <clears throat> damaging the legacy. Yeah. So, but then there, therein lies some issues as well because it's. What what do you take that is and isn't sacred, and what do you move on with, and what do you keep, and what do you throw away? Yeah, which we'll get into in two and three weeks' time. Mm-hmm. But but that's the thing in this is that it's so led by George's ego. Yeah, and it's so led by George going, "No, this is what it is. Shut up, I'm in charge." Yeah, it's just him rampantly running wild with every decision and idea that he had about Star Wars before. Yeah where he wasn't told and without leading too much into other episodes and by our DLC where you're going to have to listen to this, that and the other. But one thing that we can talk about next week is how Star Wars ended up being what it was yeah, and what it was to so many people yeah, in relation to this, which is just the rampant nature of George Lucas running wild with every possible idea, all the money in the world and all the toys in the toy box. Mm, yeah. And it's just, it's, yeah, like I say, it's so frustrating because it's like it's one of those. There are so many instances where, like the the Jedi sort of fight at the end of this, and sort of moving into Episode Three as well. Is like there are so many opportunities for like some epic visual battles and stuff, but you always go, you always just go that little bit too far. Yeah, and like the end of Episode Two is a prime example of it. Like the idea of it being a like the Jedi's last stand in this gladiator pit yeah. as they're going back to back and it's just they're whittling down to the last few Jedi. I'm like, that's a really fucking cool idea. And like that, I'm watching it this time. I'm like, I feel like that would have been a better end for the Jedi for the Jedi Order than Order sixty six. Yeah, that would have been more noble, and more heroic, and more like epic rather than just being shot in the shot back in, like they all just get shot in the back <laughs> and none of them realize but like yeah that's what i mean so that was like content and then suddenly then the clones turn up and then that sequence is just fucking mental because then they go out of the stadium and it's like right then there's five different kinds of like tanks there's these like laser pointer things that shoot out the thing out of the middle yeah. of the sky then there's these gunships yeah although the gunships are cool I'll give him that. I like those. I don't gu- like them. Do you not? No, just I've never had any affinity for them. I, it's not. Well, it's not so much them. Like it's just gunships generally. I recall. Like I like yeah. the um the white the U wings that they have in Rogue One. I like the U wing. Yeah. Um, same sort of thing. The idea that they're a troop carrier and a yeah yeah that's. Cool. I think it's because I like the U wing because it looks like something out of Star Wars. It doesn't look like a shoe. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the um, the um, or the head of a spaniel. The Republic one does kind of look like it was designed by Nike, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just there are so many different elements, and there's just stupid shit. Like I remember the bit where they're dropping off like some of the Jedi, and it's like so they drop off Mace Windu and someone mm. else, and like he just jumps off the and it's like that's clearly what's happened there is nothing's real. And there's just um, Samuel Jackson. He's just dropped off a step. He's just stepped off something. And like nothing about, he's not talking to anyone. He's not coming from anywhere. It's it's all just fake. Yeah. And it's just like, but there is, there is the moment where um, Mace Windu cuts off Jango Fett's head. Yeah. Which is kind of badass. That is a good moment. But it's also one of the things that you like, George, it goes to show that George Lucas just doesn't hold a lot of things to like, mm. doesn't hold himself to account. 
for this thing that he's created because he knows better. Mm. Like, and this isn't me being a squinny or, or moaning about it at all. It's the fact that George didn't have the wherewithal to stand up to Samuel L. Jackson. He was like, oh, what colour lightsaber do you want? Samuel L. Jackson said... Purple. Yeah. And George Lucas said, they're only green or blue. And just Samuel L. Jackson said, I want a purple one. So George Lucas just made him a purple one. It's cool, though. It's cool, <laughs> it's but it's like... If you're not going to take your, if you're not going to take your own material seriously enough, yeah, but that's the... to to be respectful to that thing that you've created. Like I love the purple lightsaber, I like the yellow lightsabers, I like the different lightsabers that exist within the Star Wars universe. But the problem that I have is that George Lucas is so fixated on certain things and overly specific about it that when it comes to something simple, where you're like, the good guys are blue and green, the bad guys are red apart from this purple guy. Yeah, because I you don't it, get to see any reasoning why that would be different. I guess it, it's just, just mm. because he's the black Jedi with the purple lightsaber. Yeah. Is that what it is? I guess what they should have done, I guess, is just have more variation. So just yeah. have, when they, in that stadium, there's, there's the variation and the idea is that, because that is kind of the Because there's a Jedi in there who canonically has a yellow lightsaber. Yeah. But they don't show it. They give him a green one in this. Yeah. Yeah, but then like, yeah, I feel like they should have more than that. They should have a big selection of cards because what's good about the Jedi in terms of the way they're depicted in this, which is a whole podcast unto itself, mm. but is that there's a lot of diversity. There are lots of different alien races and yeah. all the rest of it, and they're all, they all look different. They all like, yeah, they're all slightly, they've got their own thing going on. And that is reflected in the fact that there are multiple different lightsaber colours you can have mm-hmm. as a Jedi. Whereas Sith, it's one thing. It's red. You're evil. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's this monolithic. And it's very, and then that's then reflected kind of in like the way you see the Rebel Alliance versus the Empire. The Empire are these faceless fucking, mm-hmm. you know, they're the yeah. stormtroopers. That's it. And that's another thing I kind of hate about this whole trilogy is that the central conflict, the battles that we're witnessing are between a bunch of robots and a bunch of clones. And yep. they're just completely faceless. No one's got any sort of... It's just whose factory has got a quicker output. That's it. And you can, again, when you go back to... When you start thinking about things like Rogue One, mm-hmm. where Rogue One, they are, the rebels on, who are fighting are people. Yeah. And you can see their faces and see the fear. Even if there's just someone who's just in that final battle. Yeah. Or that's that, that commander guy who needs to be told what the switch is or whatever. Yeah. He's a bloke. He has a background. He has a story. Yeah. He's been fighting here for however many years, or and then, and then yeah. all the guys that we've met over the course of the movie—they're all battle scarred. Yeah, they're exactly. All like, whereas with this, nothing. No, none of them. They're all just like you say. How many? It's just throwing money at a problem. But Ro- robots versus yeah. clones. And just, <laughs> I, I wish that they, it hadn't been that. I wish but it. But CGI robots versus CGI clones. That's the thing. Yeah. So in, they never made one set of clone armor in no. real life they just did it, the entire thing in the computer it was like that is just so like f- like you, it's a fuck you it's like you don't care enough to even have the prop department make one set of armor but it's not even you that it's even... this whole it's just they just don't care no and it's just it goes to show what's endemic with this whole thing is that computers are better and i'm going to show you that they're better yeah. but they're not because everybody's going to learn what the uncanny valley is yeah I mean, yeah, and then yeah, the same thing happens in episode three. Episode three, it starts off and it's got Obi Wan and Anakin in these two fighters, and they've got this whole like they're going on this mission, and you see them like skimming over the top of this um, star destroyer. It's like, oh, this is pretty cool. 
and then it dropped, they dropped round, and then, and then suddenly fucking everything you can possibly think of, like a million different CGI elements yeah. all on the screen at the same time, all flying in different directions. There is a little part of me that does like that because it is, it does seem, there's like the slowness of it to start with. Yeah. And so it just banks into Bedlam. Yeah, no, it is kind of, it is a cool sequence that, and the opening scene. Not all of it is cool because well, they're like, oh no, we got the spider thing. No, it's when they start talking. The minute they start talking, it's the worst. It's, it's this is where the fun begins. It's like it's fu- again. It's such a frustrating thing because it's like that's a perfect opportunity to introduce those two as as characters in terms of like Obi Wan's all about the mission. He's like, no, forget me. Go. It's the mission. It's all about the mission. Anakin is more emotionally driven. He's a, he's worried about his yeah. master, and he will sacrifice the mission in order to save his friend. Like that's gr- that's great in terms of setting those two up in in their the way they operate. And I almost kind of like when watching it again, this time was like, this is how the trilogy should have started. It should have started like in media res, right in the middle of the, of the clone wars. Yeah. You just meet these two Jedi who are these guys. And it's like this legend of that we heard about in the original trilogy of, yeah, that Obi-Wan talked about. He was a good friend. He was legendary pilot in the clone wars. Yeah. He was, yeah, my, he was the best pilot I've ever seen. Yeah. But they won't, they'll just tell us. That he's yeah. the best pilot anybody's ever seen. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, they do kind of show that. A they of show times, a couple of bits, but, but like, not, yeah. not that he's the best pilot. No. But, hang, um, on, hang on, hang on a sec. But yeah, so before we sort of dive too further in, the plot of episode three. Episode three, funny. I, so episode three is. You know, episode three is described in its genre terms. As a science fiction space opera political drama. Oh fuck me. Political drama. Jesus. Okay. Um So yeah, the plot is basically, yeah, it's the they're in the middle of the Clone Wars and they're trying to wrap the Clone Wars up. They've decided to introduce another antagonist, which is General Grievous. No, yeah. Um <laughs> for, look, why not? <laughs> fuck it, let's have another one. Um <laughs> and, and basically a lot of the plot is like the Jedi see that the war will end as soon as we kill General Grievous. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, and the Chancellor attempts to maintain power, then clearly that means he's evil, and then we've gone to have to do something about it. And the Chancellor um, plots against the Jedi and uses and turns Anakin to the dark side and yeah. destroys the Jedi. Yeah. And takes over the empire and maintains all his power, and then it cha- changes it from being the Republic to the Empire. Yeah, Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Padme has twins, Luke and Leia. Scoops. Who <laughs> gets scooped out by by a pooper scooper? Apparently, um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> somehow she dies of childbirth, because George literally couldn't think of another reason. Um. And then that's it. And then the table is set then for the original trilogy in the most convoluted, fucking shoehorned way you could possibly think. It's riddled with plot holes. I, like I said to you earlier, what the biggest one of the plot holes for me throughout the whole prequel trilogy is the droids, R2 yeah. and 3PO. Because the R2 and 3PO are in this throughout. And the, I think they're at their worst in episode two when they had, when there's that whole epi- that bit in the fucking droid factory. Oh, their little... Paper. Oh, fucks. And he's like, so when he starts making dad jokes, it's like, oh, this is such a drag. Oh, I'm quite beside myself. I'm like, stop it. Make it stop. What are you doing? And that's what you get when George writes oh, the jokes. Um, no, but it's just like, so yeah, in episode two, 
Freepio is the droid of the Lars Homestead. And he has that voice and that personality and presumably interacts on a daily basis with Owen Lars. Yes. And then in episode four, when Owen is looking for some droids to buy. Hello, sir. I'm C-3PO, human cyborg relations. Do you remember when you were like 30 and I used to be your dad's droid? Remember about 18 years ago? Yeah. When I was your when I was your dad's droid, and I used to hang around here and help you out around the house. Do you remember my voice? Do you remember my very distinctive personality? No, you don't remember any of that. Okay, and then, so, and then again with Obi Wan in Episode Three, Obi Wan has direct interaction with R two, like a lot. Yeah, R two, close the door. R two, do this. Blah blah blah. And then when R two turns up in Episode Four, he goes, don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. Now, okay, he never owned R two. But he has a relationship with R2. He not recognises that particular... Like, this, And then Luke introduces him. He goes, this is uh, R2-D2. He goes, R2-D2? Fuck. They used to be Anakin's astrodroid. Nope. None of that. None of that. Because George didn't think that fucking far ahead. Because he hasn't watched his own films. He hasn't... Because also... He has contempt for them. He has contempt for us. He has contempt for himself. And he should be ashamed. <laughs> Also, can we also lean into the fact that when Obi-Wan says that he doesn't ever remember owning a droid? Oh, he's got R4. But he's got R4. Yeah, but <laughs> I, don't think, again, I, I can almost get around that by saying that R4 is just issued to him whenever he has a fire. Right. R4 is like, like he's not his droid. He doesn't like have him around doing anything other than flying. Mm. It's just a case of when you're flying one of these ships. Again, we're getting into like the weird splitting hairs bit. Yeah, I know. But, but you're, like, like, I can you're almost... still like... It's still arguably your assigned droid. Yeah. So you'd be like, "Mm, I don't remember ever owning one. Well, you get given one. Yeah. And you're like, "Mm, don't remember owning one. Are we just going to argue about semantics here? Yeah, yeah, I know. Are we going to, is that what we're going to do, Obi-Wan? Don't remember owning one. What, hey, what, what do you want what, me to say, what, what, everyone? Do you, do, you, do you want me to be like, do you, were you ever assigned one? I, re, I was assigned no, one. Hey, look. I was assigned one, okay? And, I didn't and, own one. I was assigned one, okay? Let's not get into the, the Obi-Wan's ideas of semantics. And let's like, not get into Obi-Wan's ideas of semantics, because uh, this is the same conversation that I've got about slavery with Harry Potter. <laughs> Why is everyone quite happy to have a slave in their house? And anyway. Because they've got uh, little ears. Oh, they got little ears, and you, and you, you can give them a sock, <laughs> and they'll be free. Well, would you, you, you fucking read, give them laundry you, every have day? You, have you read the books yet? Have a fuck. Because there's a whole, you know, there's a whole subplot yes. about that. Bath or whatever it's called. Fuck's sake. Spew. Spew, that's the one. Puke. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, episode Vom. three. Vom. So, yeah, episode three is the best of the three. It's the most watchable of the three, but it's still dog shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like literally like, it, it starts off and you're like, okay, this is pretty cool with the big like battle sequence mm-hmm. and stuff. And then they start talking and you go, ah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. It does like, have, it does have some of the more quotable lines. Oh yeah. Do it. Do it. Like, I, I love, like, I love like the emperor just becomes a cartoon. Oh yeah. Immediately. Just, like, like pretty quickly. Like he just says, this is my emperor voice. And it's just like, I shall talk <laughs> like this. It's like, Why? Kill Why him. are you doing this? Kill him. Kill him now. <laughs> and, and like literally you can just see Christopher Lee going, huh? not another franchise. 
I had a resurgence. I had a resurgence in my, in my 80s. He, no, if anyone was less concerned about that, it's Christopher Lee, wasn't it? I don't know. Cause Christopher was a... Lee was the man that had to describe to Peter Jackson what it sounded like to stab somebody in the back. I know, but what I mean <laughs> is he was notoriously really unhappy about having been written out of um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The fact that he didn't get a proper ending for um, Saruman. Yeah, but to be fair, the proper ending for Saruman would be would have extended the epilogue yeah. of Lord of the Rings probably by another hour. Oh, no, 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 not even that. Not the book ending, but like the one that ended up in the extended cut of yeah. Return of the King where he does get stabbed in the back. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. They cut, like, he's not even in Return of the King in the theatrical version. And, he was, he, and he was really pissed off about that. Um, and then, like, and then, literally within a, a year or two later, he had the same thing happen. He was killed in like unceremoniously beheaded in the first ten minutes. Of Again, ah, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Although the beheading is brutal. I remember, oh, yeah, I remember brutal. when that because that was like again, this is fairly early in the movie, and they have this thing. Yeah, Anakin defeats him. Has it's this, in the, the first ten minutes. Yeah, and has. Yeah, Anakin has like both lightsabers like drawn either side of his neck and just like beheads him, and he's like, "Okay, this is this has got a bit of edge to it. This is cool." Mm. Like there, and there are little moments like that where you do think, "Ah, oh, fuck!" It's like you should have started here. This should have been the beginning of this trilogy. You should have started yeah. like in the middle of this fucking war, rather than having two movies of bollocks. And we can we can fill in the blanks. You don't need to explain everything. Mm. We can just go, "Oh yeah, this Anakin's got this wife." Who's like she's pregnant, but you can't Secret let wife. you can't let anyone know about it. Why is that? Again, like you say, it's the intrigue. The intrigue is what gets you to start with this. There's no intrigue. No, he's, just, not. he's explained everything to such a ridiculous degree. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's the happiest moment of my life. <laughs> and was this the um, the romantic dialogue you talked about earlier, where they talk about um, how beautiful she is? Ugh, because she's so in fuck love. Fuck off! Yeah, and I'm... he says no. It's because I'm so in love with you. No, you're goes, only that beautiful because I'm so in love with you. And then she said, "Does that mean that love has blinded you? Does that mean that love has made you blind? Yeah, I think it has. Oh god! <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> if I could kill yeah. me, <laughs> it's just a point where you're like. George, just fucking throw yourself off the balcony. Fucking hell! Like, and they're in these. I hate these. Like these. Uh, they had them in episode two as well. They have these like beat these penthouse apartments that they have. Uh, they're just yeah. looking out on this just endless fucking like Coruscant, which is this like city wide planet, and it's just like just it's just bollocks. It's just gibberish. It's just this moving background. It's like a screensaver. It's not a real. Thing. No, it's none just... of it feels real. Like I said, the whole issue like some largely the issues that i have with the prequel trilogy is the fact that it just all feels synthetic yeah and like these this one is probably like like you say it is more watchable because of some of the stuff that's in it but there are are large parts of it where you're just like none of what i've seen for the last maybe five or ten minutes is real yeah like the whole sequence is like when they go to kashyyyk yeah. So in theory, that should be really cool. We're seeing the Wookiee homeworld, mm-hmm. but it's all fake. And like, then you see a couple of bits here and yeah, and you're like, is that real Wookiee? And you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, and fuck. Then, and then and this is again where he, he's done this whole thing. So like in the last one, he had Django and Boba Fett as fan service. In this one, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. For no reason. 
absolutely no reason whatsoever. And he's like, he just doesn't do anything. He no. doesn't do anything that makes him distinctively Chewbacca that we remember. Mm. It's just a Wookiee stood behind Yoda and then Yoda goes, I will miss you, Chewbacca. And you go, oh, shit, that's Chewie. And you didn't realise. Yoda knew Chewie. Yeah. And then does that mean anything? Nah. No. It means fuck all. Tell you what, again, this is something that I thought watching it this time. What you do, you have Yoda is attacked by his clones during the Order 66. He has to get away. Chewie is a pilot. Have a chase sequence where it's Chewie piloting a ship, a mm-hmm. Wookiee ship or whatever. And it's a chase sequence where it's the clone troopers chasing him and he's getting Yoda the fuck out of there because he's a better pilot than Yoda is. Because he's Chew- he's fucking Chewbacca in, yeah. in his prime before he even knew Han. That would have been cool. Yeah. But no. Or it could have just been a um, sequence like we'd seen with all the other ones Mm. where you see the Jedi walking along with the clone troopers behind them and then all of a sudden you're like, like Yoda gets a feeling. It's like, shit. Yeah. And then just as they all raise their rifles, he throws his lightsaber like he does in this film anyway or does something. And then gets shot, I don't know, gets shot in the leg, which is why he gets his limp, but goes off and hides. And then that's when the Wookiees turn up. Yeah, yeah. Or he goes to hide with the Wookiees and then they have a big throwdown. Yeah. Rather than what happens here is just the Wookiees are there, the Stormtroopers are there. Yeah. They're just having a fight. There's no lead up into it. There's no explanation as to why this fight is happening. No. Because it's the clone troop. It's the, the... the Trade Federation or whatever it is are there and yeah. the Wookiees and the and the clones are fighting and then Order 66 happens and then they all turn at that point. Are they? It's it's, like, yeah, logistically, it's, none of it makes sense. No, none of it makes sense. And it's just, yeah, there's a lot of this weird sort of plotting against one another plot in this. And it's like this sort of, it could have been or should have been like sort of Game of Thrones-esque, like little bit, everyone's plotting against one another and no one trusts one another. Like the Jedi Council won't, um, Anakin to spy on the Chancellor and the Chancellor wants Anakin to spy on the Jedi and all the rest of it and all mm. this backstabbing and all the rest of it and it could have been like again coming back to Game of Thrones that's like political intrigue in this sort of fantasy larger than yeah. life setting okay that works but because of the way it's gone they go about it it just is this sort of languid weird like Bleh. and it's just like but it all happens in this one as well it's like, all yeah very, why very not much. layer it a yeah. little bit more so they all, the, the, yeah exactly this whole idea of him like setting up the Jedi for a fool and sort of being able to sell this lie that the Jedi tried to take over the galaxy is what he sells the whole idea on. And yet it's never been mentioned before. Mm. And there's a lot of that in this. There's a lot of second hat. Like he clearly hasn't thought things through and like there's the, even things that are layered throughout. So like the prophecy, the prophet, the Anakin's prophecy that he is the one who will bring balance to the force. Yeah. We never know anything about that prophecy. I still don't understand it. They go, you refer to the prophecy. He says he will bring balance to the force. Does this prophecy not say that he will bring balance to the force? That do you bring the... Right. What is this prophecy? Who made it? How long ago? What does it mean? What's the actual wording of it? Yeah. Like, all this, again, I keep If going, you're leaning into this so much, yeah, then... We need to know about it. It's then law. Start and we that. love Put law. that in the, t- in the fucking title yeah. crawl. That should be the, that should have been the opening of episode one. I was like, "This is this prophecy." Like even before, like as separate to an opening title, it should have just been this. If you're gonna 
I hate the idea of there even being a prophecy, to be honest. I hate the whole divine sort of mm. bullshit. But if you're going to do it, explain it. Yeah. Like, it should be like, so like, there's, again, I, keep, I know I keep, I've mentioned it a few times now, but Game of Thrones, mm. the prince who was promised prophecy yeah. about Azora High, who will come and save us on the long night and all the rest of it. And then fans get that and they debate it and they go, ooh, is, is Jon Snow as or I, or is it maybe it's Arya, maybe it's Daenerys, yeah, or you know, and and start debating it, and debate maybe that, and then like even Yoda goes, a prophecy that misread could have been. I'm like, right, maybe it has been misread, but I don't even know what it says, yeah, because you guys just talk about it in such vague you terms. Told us that there's a prophecy, but you've not told us what the prophecy is, who made it, why is it like, and then also so this whole idea of the Sith will return, mm-hmm. and like. We must never allow the Sith to return, and we. There's like a rule of the, the rule of two. Well, yeah, because they don't they say ju- the rule of two, but they always they say a master and apprentice. There always is, or whatever yeah. he says. And they just go. Like he goes, once more the Sith will rule the galaxy. I'm like, when did they rule it before? Mm. Like, I have to go out and find like extended universe, or you know, extra material to find out that law. But like, you could put that law in this movie. Yeah, like you can make it relevant to the plot. Like, it's called Revenge of the Sith. What are they getting revenge for? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you don't bother. Like, you don't care. It's like, we love all this shit. Everyone loves law. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell us. But the thing is, like, the, the, even the names of these films are so cryptic in comparison to the original trilogy. Yeah. So... A new, or, well, as it was just Star Wars when it was or the Star Wars when it came out of the cinema, but when the A New Hope was dubbed over the top of it before Empire, mm. you're like, oh, so Luke is the New Hope, yeah. obviously, and then Empire Strikes Back, the the Empire struck back in mm. Empire and yeah. started to succeed in Return of the Jedi, the Jedi returns, and you're like, oh, it's Luke, oh, it's not, it's Vader, oh, that's really good, yeah, and this one is Phantom Menace. Wait, what's the Phantom Menace? What? Oh, well, the Attack of the Clones is okay. So you're you're literally, yeah, showing us this really early. You you've put it in the title, but then it's just literally it's that one is incredibly slap you in the face, obvious. Yeah, and then the third one is Revenge of the Sith, and you're like, I just think you went with that one because it sounded cool, didn't you, George? Because mm. you couldn't have Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Because it's, you retconned your own work again. Yeah. I think it, yeah, again, it's, it's a whole fucking, episode three is just a complete mess. Um, and it ends up with these, these, so we have Order 66, whereby the Emperor turns all the clone troopers on the Jedi. Yeah. And again, like, there's such a, another massive missed opportunity for me is the clones in this and talking about the idea of genetically engineering a being and taking away its free will. Yeah. That's fucked up. And that's a, mm-hmm. and it, not only that, it's a cool like sci-fi concept. Yeah. The idea of them being these sort of, or t- they're living, breathing things. They're not robots, but we engineer them in such a way that they're like, they, they mention it when they, when the clones are like walking them around, they go, right, we make them so that they grow faster than normal. So yeah. that we can expedite and get them up to speed quicker. Yeah. And we also grow them so they're more docile and they'll take orders and just, I'm like, that's fucked. So you can literally just like send them into battle and just they're cannon fodder. Yeah. And they'll just die. I'm like, that's really fucked up. And, but like, that's a debate or something that they could have sort of grappled with. And that could have been like part of the issue with the politics. Like, 
you know Padme could campaign against is like I don't want to I don't want us to be fighting a war with men who don't want to be like who have no choice to whether they're going to put down their arms or not yeah they've been genetically engineered just to die and then they even you know later on in the latest uh, movies they've talked about that with like Finn talking about like how he's conditioned yeah to be a stormtrooper and they like, take yeah. away their their thoughts and feelings so they're just like brainwashed but add that that's like to another level from the moment they're born in a test tube they're born to be a soldier to go out and die for someone else and it's like yeah that's a really cool idea but he's not interested in any of that no it's not but it's just a case it's just a means to an end it's because yeah. the only reason they're clones is because he met some one of his lines in the old film said oh I was served with your father in the clone wars yeah fuck now I've got to do something to do with clones ugh okay yeah like he does it begrudgingly like yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, well, we do clones in. But, it, I mean, the thing is, like, it does... There are things that dovetail in and work because yeah. you're like, right, the clone troopers could lead into the stormtroopers and yeah. this could lead from this and that could do to this and then it could, you know... There are jumps in the... there, there are, There's a framework there that is functional. Mm. But then that's one of the things that I want to talk about when we get into, like, the sequels. Mm. And... um the sort of the uh, the Star Wars story ones. Yeah. When we get to those, I want to sort of delve into this a little bit more because it's about taking the framework and building on that rather than just shoving that framework down your throat and being like, and there's so much just shit attached to it. Yeah. Because you're unwilling to accept that some of your own ideas might not be that great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's a fucking shame, isn't it? Because again, like throughout episode three, and and yeah, there are moments in two as well where they're like, this should be a really emotional, good scene. Like anything with Anakin and his mother, mm-hmm. like when he actually he's lost his mum and he's and he should be distraught about how he couldn't save her and all the rest of it. That becomes a tantrum where he's throwing shit around and being a twat. Yeah, and then in this one, in the second, in the third one. Anakin versus Obi Wan at the yeah. end. The, if they built that properly, and it had been what it, the, you know, the relationship had been what it was supposed to be over the course of the last couple of movies, that should be like really emotional. It should be mm-hmm. you know these two men who we like know and love. It should be like seeing Han and Luke turn on each other. Yeah, and it would, it, that would be horrifying to see. You wouldn't want to. You would be horror. You don't. I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Or it'd be like you know, Cat versus Tony. Yeah, like, I don't want either one of them to get hurt. Yeah, like, I'd I'd stop it. Stop fucking fight. I'd stop it. But like, you yeah. don't care. No, you don't. And, so, and he's really like he overcompensates with the setting. So he's got this ridiculous fucking. He's in a lava planet, and then they, and then they fall off the edge of the lava planet, and then then they're on the middle of the lava, and then they're swinging on vines, and, and then they're, and then and they're, they're swinging ju- on cables and batting at one another, and then this thing falls over, and, then, and this yeah, thing, and, they, and then they're, now they're, they're on flying platforms, and now they're and... tiptoeing down the edge of it, and like, can you stop it? And like, they can have you can have a dramatic fight without having to have a ridiculous, and like, so he makes the the setting so over dramatic to compensate for the fact yeah. that there's no drama between the two characters, other than what they're just saying to each other. And what they're saying to each other is bollocks. Like that's one of the worst lines of the whole trilogy. Is that, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> oh. Well, then you are lost. Delivered with no care. This is the end for you, my master. Yeah. You underestimate my power. <laughs> uh, hmm. It just sounds so bored when he says it. But it's just, and it's just the little things, and you're just like, 
And like, there are so many better ways to yeah. do things. Like the spec, I would say the spectacle of seeing that lightsaber fight is quite impressive. Yeah. Seeing the fact that those two guys, comparable to what you were saying at the start with you um, and Ray. Yeah. Again, in this, they are both very, very, very much in on this. Yeah, yeah. And they are going in really hard. But like, and it, it is clear that they've done a hell of a lot of work for it. And it looks fantastic. But it doesn't mean anything. No. Because it is so much of it is just lightsaber twirling. There's the infamous bit in the middle where they're just both not attacking one another. They're just... But like, they're just posturing. But like even with the, the choreography of this fight, I feel like they're not attacking one another. It feels like with this one, like they're they're swinging for each other's blades. They're not there, swinging there at points, each other. That's the thing because my brother and I watched this once, and he would point out, and he was sh- saying at points, he was like, "There are bits you can see where you think that's like a kill move." Like there's a bit early on where um, Obi Wan has it. on the table and he goes to cut his yeah, head yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's the bit where Anakin then does it when he jumps from when they do the force push away. And there yeah. are moments where you're like, oh, fuck, he would have done that. Yeah. But then there are other bits where they're literally twirling around a glow. Well, like, glow I'm stick. just aiming, like, his lightsaber's over there, so I'm going to aim for it over there rather than look, aiming at him who yeah. stood in front of me. It's like, well, no, don't do that. Do, like, it's, yeah, it does seem a bit. And I mean, then... it, but also the choreography kind of works because you're like, it looks like they're aiming to hit one another, mm. but also these two people fought side by side for years. So they, and he taught him how to fight with a lightsaber. Yeah. Because to delve a little further, there are different catters of the way that lightsaber fights. Yeah. So like Luke fights in a different way to the way that Obi-Wan fights, but Anakin fights in the same way that Obi-Wan fights, mm. but he's a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. And then. Like Darth Maul fights in a different way, Qui Gon fights in a different way. Like they these these catters were built in at the start of like the extended song, and you see all the different ways they fight. Yeah, which is like I say about like the excellent bit that you showed me in Rebels. Yeah, with the Obi Wan Darth Maul thing. Oh, fuck yeah, I love that so much. And it's really clever <laughs> in the way that the grander scheme of thing works. And I think that was really effective. I'd love to have seen like a whole series of those fights leading up to it and Anakin and Obi-Wan like leaning on his rage to try and get through it and then realizing he has to be more Zen. Yeah. And that he has to really focus on it. It's like, you know, sweep the leg Johnny sort of moment, yeah. but you don't really get that in right. this. And then you just get, then the, <laughs> you get the end of the fight and then you just get the bit where he's pulling himself along with one arm screaming, I had you. You were the just, just comically bad. You were the chosen one, Anakin. You were the chosen one. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. We haven't even talked about his fight with Grievous. Oh, that's yeah, it's bollocks. It's not even worth it. <laughs> it's fucking Grievous. I hate Grievous. And like, yeah, I, yeah. Gre- again, Grievous was just woefully underused. Well, Why weren't like they? Yeah, Grievous should have been. That whole thing with Grievous and Obi Wan's plot in this, where he goes, he's the one who gets sent after Grievous, mm-hmm. should have been Maul. Mm-hmm. My thing should be, so Maul gets defeated at the end of one, and gets cut in half or whatever, and then he comes back in two, and he's like half robot man, and then he comes, he gets defeated again, and he comes back in the third one, he's even more robot man. So the idea is that there's this progression as you, and he's becoming more and more like Vader. Yeah, he's more machine now than man. Twisted, and it was the point they were trying to make with Grievous. Yeah, is that he's meant to be this weird, 
analogy for what Vader's going to become. Yeah. But for, they just randomly shoehorned him into the last movie. With no explanation and then, other than... And then, and then, but then they do stupid shit. Like, they go... Um, like, when they go, right, General Gra- if we defeat General Gravis, we'll end the war. Oh, fuck, right, that's really important then. Who should we send? Obi-Wan, we'll send you, okay. Um, does anyone else want to come? Should we send more than one person, given that this is the end of the war? Or is it just me? Just yeah. me? Okay, I'll go on my own then. Okay, yeah, cool. we're going to send this assassin who can turn up very publicly. Yeah. Hello there. <laughs> he's, he's sent to kill one guy. He jumps into the... Well, I do kind of love that though because he just... Obi-Wan's a fucking yeah. badass. In, particularly that's, in 3. That's in three, what I like about Obi-Wan is that he's General just zero fucks. General, General Kenobi. General Kenobi. General Kenobi is just a fucking badass. He looks the best in this. He's got yeah. rid of the mullet that he had in the last one. Yeah. And he just... And it's like... And Ewan's just like... But then also there are moments when Ewan has clearly turned off and it's like the scene that they are scenes that should be dramatic like when he finds the security footage so i can't watch anymore it's like can't you you sound like you could the 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 moment that i really enjoy with and i don't know if it's intentional but it is like the the big swinging dick moment of obi-wan when anakin's like got padme and he just sort of comes like swaggering out of the spaceship well, he just stands there with his let her go, Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, all right, Billy, big bollocks. We, you know, we get you're a big deal. It's, it's the po- I love the, all the posing in this. My favorite one is still um, in episode one with Maul, where they they are on their way out of the um, hangar or whatever, and the double doors open, and Maul's just stood there in the middle in the middle of the whole thing with his hood drawn down, just like like he must have been stood there like waiting like that, <laughs> just like with the doors closed, just waiting for his moment, and then or just and then so right there, what am I? Am I, am I in line? Am I yeah. in line? Do you think they can see me from okay, here? Okay, cool. And then just with the force, just reach down and go... <laughs> oh, no, my hood. Oh, oh no, it's not right. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's, ta- he's taking selfies to make sure he looks intimidating <laughs> enough. To put my head too far down? No, I get double chin. Like, maybe if I like, maybe up a little bit, if I put my head forward, it'll look like I have less of a double chin. It's just, yeah. so, do I squint? Do bl- blue magnum. Blue steel? <laughs> And then, do and I put my head at a slight angle? Do I look coy? Oh no, it looks like you're flirting, Darth. Oh gosh, oh gosh, what do we do now? Just put your head down. Don't look. Don't look at him. Look up at the floor. And you'll look mysterious. <laughs> Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when yeah the, when the, the Jedi go to arrest Palpatine and like the three like guys with him just eh eh ow. <laughs> just like immediately just die oh like, shit what's the fucking point what's the point why yeah. did you even do that and then like you've been murdered by this geriatric old man stupid shit like when he, when he and then he kicks him over the floor and it's like oh shit and it's like, like oh. Kit Fisto's one of those yeah. that gets killed there isn't he Kit Fisto fan favourite Kit Fisto yeah he goes out like a bitch everyone goes out like a bitch fucking Sam Jackson goes out like a bitch yeah well the the thing there is that they because he wouldn't be killed on screen would he so what? Mm-hmm. So they're implying that he could still be alive. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Um, yeah. So the ego's out like a bitch, and then all the Jedi go out like a bitch, get shot in the back. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other thing actually to mention is that they keep in two and three they mention Qui Gon. They have this whole thing. Where they yeah. keep mentioning him again, and even at the very end, it's like the, this is the last ten minutes of potentially because this was sold as being the final movie ever. Mm-hmm. episode three this was like meant to be it closing the loop everything's finished and, he, and so you're going to use some of your precious time here now you're going to mention Qui-Gon 
And, yeah. you're gonna, and Yoda's going to go, oh yeah, I'm going to give you, you Obi-Wan, some training whilst you're sat on Tatooine doing fuck all. And he is like, clearly I think George wanted Liam Neeson to come back for a cameo. And Liam Neeson was like, fuck you. Nah. No way. I've moved on. Do you know what I'm doing now? Batman Begins. You know what I'm doing now? Old men beating up young men. No, films. he wasn't even there yet. He was that. He was that Batman Begins. Yeah, he was just about to do Taken. Taken was 2008 though. That was a few years yet. Yeah, but like that—that's the other thing. So the context for this one for me, well, by the time we got to so two, I was still a kid. Basically, I was what eleven. Mm-hmm. So I was still kind of into it, excited. Star Wars, cool, whatever. Between two and three is where I started to develop my taste and realise that they're actually not that great, mm. and realise what a good film is and what a bad film is. And then it was like, it was 2005, I think, it was the, I had a double whammy of, I saw Batman Begins in the cinema. Yeah. And then a couple of months later, I saw episode three. And I'm like, yeah, no, I understand what good is now, and what bad is now. And mm-hmm. I'm not blind, I wasn't as blinded by the Star Wars-ness of it all. Yeah. And that was when it was like, the sort of the, but the penny dropped. And everything turned for me. And that's when I became a man. <laughs> <laughs> Your bat mitzvah, if you will. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so it all began and ended with Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> it started with oh, Qui-Gon and it ended with Ra's al Ghul. So <laughs> that's... It all comes full circle. Oh. I didn't even see this one at the cinema. Yeah. I refused to go. I watched it on pirate DVD. Fair enough. A pirate DVD that has still had a time code and some unfinished CGI. Fine. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Whatever. It's done. Because I was like 18 and worked in Blockbuster. Yeah. Fine. Fuck it. And just didn't care. Yeah. And then... Yeah, because by that point, I was like, don't care. And I think I watched it like six or eight months later. Just mm. was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. But yeah, so that sort of, sort of brings us to the end of it, really. I mean, like we're going to talk about the legacy as we get sort of yeah. further along. We'll get into like why we ended up having what we had. We are almost two hours in. Yeah, that's crazy. So we should probably wrap up tonight. Yeah, we should. It's going to be, I mean, these are all going to be long episodes now talking about yeah. Star Wars. Um, particularly as we've chosen to do them as trilogy episodes rather yeah. than individual episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty to be said about the prequels. There's shit I could get into the lines I hate. I could get into the, I hate so much about them. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I was watching them this week and I was like, the thing that makes me, then, like I will say, this is my final line on this. The thing that makes me saddest about all of this is that I'm watching three Star Wars films that I don't enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it, you're right. And for the longest time as well, before the Disney and you know, is the, the Disney elements divide the fans? I get that, but mm-hmm. like for a long time, when it was just the six movies, there was a time when you have to say you have to you'd have to say what you well I'm a Star Wars fan but I don't like those mm-hmm. like, and it meant that it was half of this thing that you love half of the entirety of the franchise yeah. that you didn't like and had to sort of forget about and put to one side and it's just like fuck and like, I think now what's happened is the balance has been redressed slightly and now we've got there is more good Star Wars than there is bad Star Wars yeah 
as a result of Disney. For me, yeah. personally, and for you as well. That's not the same for all fans, I get that. But for me, we're back at an even kill and it's it's the pendulum swung swung the other way. Um Yeah, and like I said, I've had a very a strange relationship with them because my hate for them grew. Um, like it, it wasn't there to begin with because I was so young when they first came out. Yeah, and then it sort of it slowly dawned on me what they what they are, and they are a fucking jumped up firework display of a toy advert. Yeah, to quote Tim from Space. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's exactly what they are. Um, but interesting to see what's going to happen now because what's happening now with this new movie coming out, which is the reason why we're here, is that they're talking about this going to be wrapping up everything. Yeah, and they are alluding back to the prequels in some of the trailers and the promotional material, which up till now, they've basically sort of distanced themselves from that as much as they can because they know how much everyone hates it. Mm. Now they're trying to loop everything back in. So I'm really sort of nervous and interested to see how they're going to plan to do that Mm. and sort of say, this is the Skywalker saga, which began in episode one. And this is the first three episodes of the Skywalker saga and how they're going to link into the final ninth episode. Mm. We know Palpatine's going to feature in it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the only link. What his plot is, or what I don't. What... Yeah, I very I know so little of it. The only thing I know is that because I haven't seen any of the trailers for nine. No, I've just caught a couple of spoilery bits here and there, yeah. and that's just spoilery bits from the trailer, not even the film. But they're like, oh yeah, there's a bit with the Emperor, and I'm like, oh okay. And then they're like, oh, and there's this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want to know any more. Yeah. Like, genuinely, yeah. I don't know. I, I, and I feel bad mm. that I'm going to be doing a podcast about films <laughs> and about Star Wars films, and I'm going to not be able to talk about Nine based That's on right. the fact that I've not seen anything in the trailer. No, but there's, there's, it's not like there isn't enough content. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> stuff there, but at the same time, like, I don't want any of the readers to feel sort of undersold. Well, I've seen them. See, I've seen the trailers. I won't spoil them, but like, to be fair, there's not much to spoil because they do do a good job with these trailers for these new ones about not giving a lot away. Mm. It was the I same see, when we went into Force Awakens, when we went into The Last Jedi, we had no idea what the story was. No, going God, to be. no. Having even watched all the trailers. Yeah, I think we, the Force Awakens, there was a general idea. Like, eh. if you go back and watch it, you're like, we knew that there was going to be, because you saw stuff like you saw Starkiller Base and yeah. you saw. Ray, and then you saw him teaming up, and then you saw yeah. Poe and Finn and everybody else like that. Yeah, I'll be Fuck interested. It, I'm going to go. Well, I've got, I've, got, I've got to watch them next weekend, don't I? Yeah. I was going to be like, oh, I'll watch them next weekend. Too busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's where we're at now. So, we're going to get into, I think, so the next Star Wars we're going to do is going to be um, the Star Wars stories. Yes. Because they are set in the time of the Empire, if mm-hmm. you like. They're in the dark times, like. The, the shroud of the dark side has fallen. Mm-hmm. Yoda's given up and fucked off, which is another whole thing I'll get into when we talk about the Last Jedi. I think because um, we haven't got time now. No, but I do love how Yoda just fucking books it at the end of this and just decides to give up. Yeah, he's just off. like failed. Take I, me away. I failed. No, he didn't even fail. He just fell down. <laughs> he fell over and then just couldn't be asked to get back up. Yeah. He... <laughs> Um, and then but everyone has a big thing about how Luke just gives up. Even Mark Hamill made a point about going, oh, Jedi's don't give up. And like, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so next week, yeah, there's the Age of the Empire. We'll talk about Solo. 
um, and we'll talk about Rogue One. Yeah. Um, which are yeah some of the, the Disney offerings, um, but they're set in a time following the um, the events of Episode Three, which we just covered. yeah definitely. Uh, so we'll talk about that next week. Uh, follow along with us. Let us know. Are you a massive prequel fan? Are we being too harsh? No. Tell us. No. Sh- there are people. They, they exist. Um, let us know what you think. The other thing that sort of strikes me about them now, thinking about it in terms of context for me, is are they just really good kids' films? Mm. Like, is episode one just a good kids' film? In the same way that, like, I don't know, Dark Crystal or sort of just big fantasy sort of epic things that you put on for your kids. Like, oh. la- Labyrinth, never ending story, stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Visually stunning. I mean, the thing is, I would say, I would argue not because the whole of these films are so tied up because it's a political drama. It is, but I didn't know that when I was a kid. Yeah, but how much of that did you get? None of like, it. Kids enjoy a lot of crap, man. Like, <laughs> like kids are dumb. I they're, they're, I'm, and just because <laughs> a kid likes it doesn't mean it's good. A good kid's film, I said. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> going to be a good kid's film. Like, a good kid's film are the ones you can buy in Poundland for 99p. This is Star Wars. This yeah, is the true. reboot of a new generation of Star Wars. Yeah. This is us being told the sto- the mythical story. And yet, for some reason, like, the, I remember the one thing that I remember in episode one was like, they, he kept saying bureaucrats, and I had to ask someone what a bureaucrat was. <laughs> so, they enter the bureaucrats, the real rulers of the Republic, and I had to, like, ask my dad, what's a bureaucrat? I'm like, no child should ever have to ask someone what a bureaucrat no. is when watching but a Star Wars go movie. Go back to the opening <laughs> crawl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. It's just incomprehensible nonsense. Yeah. It just... feels like the introduction to a really shit dissertation from somebody that's done two lectures in economics. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, we'll see you right. next week. Yeah, We're we'll done. see you next week. You can find us on all the socials on yeah. Facebook, LinkedIn. No, not LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can email us at theoncastpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Next week, as Dom said, is the Star Wars Saga stories. And uh, yeah, we'll talk, speak to you then. So right. see you next week. See ya. Bye. I'll let you can hear me now. I can hear me now. Or alone down here. Down here. I'm frightened. I'm cold. <laughs> I'm frightened. Shake it off. Focus on helping Dr. Cox. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right. <laughs>